give me, give me, give me a man after midnight. I'm ready for a man after midnight. Yeah. It's the most metal version of ABBA I've ever heard. Thank you for that. <laughs> I was in bed most of the day today as well. <laughs> oh, love it. It's what Sundays are literally made for. Rest. Mm-hmm. Rest thy brain. Poor Wessie was up at like 6 a.m. <laughs> rocking and ready to go. He's been up all day. He did yard for work. For what? He, every time we drink, he like, he cannot sleep. He just wakes up at like 6 a.m. Mm. And just... That happens to me, actually. If I mm. drink like, and then try to go to bed and eat, like, I will not sleep. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, he'll like pass out and then, boop, as soon as like the sun is here. The sun is in the skies. I'm awake, or whatever that is. But yeah, yeah, that's that's Wessie. But yeah, no, not me. I was uh, took full advantage of the Sunday, to say the least. Well, that's how I felt since I spent uh, spent the night at Brooks. Once that sun hit, I was like, no. <laughs> Were you in her living room? Yes. <laughs> we literally because we stayed up till almost two in the morning, and so when we got there, literally, Carly, we couldn't figure out how to blow up her air mattress so carly just plops down on the floor see you later bye she's out like a light and then i was like well i'll take the couch good night <laughs> but she has another bed yeah, what is everyone to sleep in the spare room it was too far away i oh the couch was calling my name <laughs> oh my god plus i could sleep anywhere i was just like this bed. is comfy enough <laughs> god oh my lord the sun was my alarm clock <laughs> Good morning. We love it. Ah, now that is a sinister sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the worst. Can you please go back down for one more hour? Like, Imagine if that's how, um, like snooze worked. The sun's like Jesus, Sarah. Fine, fine. And I just like sink back down for an hour, and then yeah. Like, Bitch, oh. you ready? Yeah. Come out. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. Wilson. Some people have like those black light, cur- whatever they're called, where they, you know, don't let any light in. And I'm like, that's dangerous. I will never oh, wake up. I if I Clave used to have those oh in his uh, college apartment. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it's like when you sleep in a basement with no windows. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever done that, but like I went to a sleepover and like, yeah, I was like, I didn't, it was back in like, I don't know. Like I didn't, you didn't have your iPhone with you right there. Cause you probably had to be mm-hmm. charged into the wall overnight. And I was like what year is it like I opened my eyes and I was like what and then like I looked and it was like three o'clock in the morning and I was like I feel like I've been down here for 17 years what what or the complete opposite where it's like it's noon and you have no concept of time at all yep that's what happened to me me and my friend Kirsten would play rock band until like two o'clock in the morning spend the night on our couch in the basement and then come up at whatever time and you would feel like a caveman just like seeing civilization (laughs) for the first time (laughs) what year yeah 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 god Oh, yeah, that's kind of how I woke up today when I was like, all right, sleep, eat, go back to sleep. And I was like, I hope it's like two o'clock. And I was like, oh, 430. Hello, world. Oh, God. <laughs> I envy you a little bit. Don't, don't. No, no. I will be. <laughs> I'm going to try to go to bed early today. Who knows? Ah, All I know is tomorrow's Monday and I this weekend went by just way too fast yes tomorrow is monday fat i know so sad so sad but but not yeah (laughs) i was gonna say not sad for you listening because we are fantastic (laughs) and i was gonna say and with that 
Welcome to Sinister Sunrise. I'm Morgan. I'm Sarah. <laughs> I'm Aaron. <laughs> I really want to make a cheesy ad just one time where we like hop in the frame all wearing like bright t-shirts like, and I'm Sarah. Yes. <laughs> like if like, we all had our own like sitcom bit. Yeah. Like that's when what your like name comes across. Yeah. Yes. Everywhere you look. And then you just pause yep. and look at the camera. <laughs> I'm thinking very full house Like vibes. who, me? <laughs> yes. Where stops like, mid joke. Oh, stops. <laughs> like they throw, uh, throw a football and then they just like turn and it's like, uh-huh, like a half laugh and then pause. I really want to do this for no purpose besides I just think it would be fun. Cool. I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. Cool. Cool. Next time I see you look alive, I'm going to be making some weird videos. God bless. (laughs) (sighs) So. Like I'm not even. Okay. Oh, I was going to say go. No, go. go. Oh, I'll just say I'm not even going to tell you what I'm doing to the background of it. I was like, hey, Aaron. And then video as you turn around. Oh, great. So we're not going to be like (laughs) mid-laugh. We're going to be like (laughs) mid-huh. You could be mid-laugh. We don't know. We'll find out. Okay, well, mine's going to be ugly. I'm, I know that. Yeah, I'm no Barney it's gonna Stinson, be, so. It's going to be real. It's going it. to be edgy. Can't Raw. take a bad picture. Raw is the word. Oi. Uh, well, I uh, I really messed up. <laughs> and uh, duh, with all of our cute little group episodes back to back, I forgot a game, but I thought of one. Off the cuff. Life is the game. <laughs> Who's winning at this game of life? <gasps> you just lost the game. Dang it. Do you guys know that? <laughs> <We've> been, <laughs> <I've> been, <laughs> we said that this weekend, me and Wes did, and we were with a bunch of my coworkers who were like two years younger, and we said that, and all of them were like, what? <gasps> None of them knew what that was. And I was like, all oh, right. my God. The game? The game. You don't know what the Put game is? Put down oh, your wow. iPhones. Pick up a board game. You're welcome. <laughs> It's called Life. It's fun. It is a fun game. Oh my God, yeah. guys. No, the game. The game. Uh huh. Yes. Do you know what that is? The movie? No. No. Oh, no. It's a thing from school. The whole point of the game is to not think of the game. And when you do think of the game, you've lost. So every time in like middle school and high school, we'd be like bebopping around and someone would go, oh, You lost the game. And then you're like, son of a bitch, because you think of it. You guys don't know that? Are what? you nope. so drunk? No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, this is a thing. Wes and no. Oh my God. We're gonna have to do a poll. Okay. You guys, okay, listeners, please back me up. Like anyone what? Oh my god. It's literally called the game. And that's the whole point is to not think about it. So like if you like you just be bopping through life, like some people could have like a seven year streak and not even know it. And then someone's like, oh, I just lost the game. And you're like, oh, wow. Haven't thought about the game in a long time, but you thought about it. So then you lost, too. And if you think of it, you want to say it out loud so that everybody else loses, too. It's just like something really cheesy and dumb. But I'm very upset that no one knows what this is. I've never felt more dumb in my whole life. This is taking a lot of brain power. Oh, <laughs> I don't understand. Good. It's fine. We'll move past it. We'll move past it. Like, anyway, is this an Alice oh, in Wonderland game? Like, no. it is what it isn't, and it isn't what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for referencing that. I'm so proud of you for finally watching Alice in Wonderland at 26 years. 20, yeah, 26. That's what I'm going to say. 26 years old. 
thank you. You say take a year off. <laughs> Why don't you? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, my game is more of like a fact that I, because you can't say like whoever has the longest hair. Okay. Because like I know who has the longest hair out of all of us. Well, it might be close now between you two. But anyways, I got my hair cut. Oh, did you now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, might be Aaron. Yep. Because you know mine doesn't really grow past what it's doing right now. So yeah, mine's like right here now. I got it cut a couple days ago. Dang, girl. You like it? Mm-hmm. It's a lot lighter on my head. I have very thick, <laughs> coarse hair. And, like, I style it so I don't look like a monkey man or anything. But it's just very heavy. A monkey man. Oh, Sorry, God. one girl on the bus in fourth grade was like, Sarah's hair is, like, so coarse. And I was super upset. And now I'm like, yeah, that's why it holds curls, bitch. Like, Mm. Oh. And it's half dead. <laughs> it's half yeah. fried off my head. <laughs> like my hair, oh. like I like my eggs. Fried. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, what is your game, Morgan? All right. Whoever has had the least amount of cavities goes first. Whoever's had the most cavities goes last. Yeah, I was thinking oh. of the theme of like Halloween candy. You know, you get cavities from candy. Oh, That's I've had a lot of went. cavities. Oh. I've had a lot. I floss my teeth and brush a lot, but I love candy and Red Bull. So it really was. I say it really was from candy. I'm dead. Erin, how many cavities have you had? I couldn't give you an exact number. I've had a couple here and there. Not like I need to find numbers. Terrible. I know. I know my number. You know your number. You've kept track. Yeah. Um. Oh. Probably around like eight or so i think i don't know oh i don't even feel bad anymore that's what mine is i've had eight seven or Or eight but i think it's eight yeah i don't know because literally these two big teeth look at these my teeth cracked in half at one point oh no do you see i like yeah i have like these teeth they're like way wider than the rest yeah i was chewing on a a bread coat baguette (laughs) i remember i was working and just like typing away and i (laughs) turns out i had a cab no, it wasn't their fault. My tooth was weak. <laughs> I should never be I an issue. I thought was just really hard. <laughs> no, it's as hard as it normally is. I just, that's when I was like, wait a second. There should not be a crunch in this baguette. Oh. And my dentist like, did it hurt? And I was like, not even a little bit. Like even when they were doing it, I was like, it still doesn't hurt. It just broke. I guess my teeth are made of porcelain. Some strong teeth. My teeth literally, some of my teeth literally are made of porcelain. So I oh. have only had five. But four oh, of no. them were at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. That happens. That's why it's yeah. important to floss, kids. Dental hygiene is important. And I know candy looks good, but it isn't good for you. Give it's it to Sarah you. Lunn. She'll take care of the candy. <laughs> I will take Brush care of all the candy for humankind. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm dead. Wow. Okay, I've... so you guys have had the same, though? This is, wow, what a turn of events. Let's put me at seven. It's seven or eight, but let's say seven for the game. Oh, my God. I didn't even mean. Some of them... I swore I thought I was going to have the most. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, no. I don't wow. have great dietary habits. <laughs> I mean, I don't either. I can... <laughs> and I, I've, I've learned the importance of flossing, so we are on the right path. But Ooh, I love wow. flossing my teeth now. Mm. As I got older. Yes. It's like a little massage for your gums. Girl, you No crazy. one else? 
No, it's annoying. Oh, once a week, I spend some personal time in there. I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) One of my exes said my teeth looked like little chiclets. And I said, thank you, because they are white and they are clean. (laughs) Besides the back ones, because those are the ones that no one has to see. So I abuse those ones. But the front. (laughs) Shiny white. Shiny white. I mean, my teeth are so little. My teeth in me. Ooh. My teeth that twinkle, just like stars in space. Oh, love it. Anybody? God. Anybody? Yep. I was I I was humming, but I didn't want to throw off your time because I know there's a slight delay here with our recording. I also only know so. like one verse, so that was it. Oh. Yeah. Fairly odd parents for the kids at home who are too old or too young to have watched that. Okay, so goes Morgan, me, Aaron. Yes! Wow. What a turn of events. All right. <laughs> How the turntables. Yes. Wow. Uh, hold on, please. <laughs> how the turntables? Yeah. Oh, how the turntables. Have you not heard that? <laughs> Did we talk about this before or am I having deja vu? I think I said this yesterday. I don't know why. Oh, okay. But okay. I think I said this phrase yesterday. Well, then in oh, my dream, the we definitely tables. talked about this. <laughs> Because oh. I had a dream or something where we went back and forth and I was like, table turns. And you said, turn tables. Mm-hmm. Was oh, this also yesterday? It could have been. I, I couldn't tell you. Let's say that. Let's In say it honesty. was. <laughs> I'm not Sorry. losing my mind. Oh, I had to go turn my light on because it's getting darker out earlier now. So, finally, I'm first. Woohoo! It feels so good. Okay. The story... That I'm bringing you, and I wanted to kick off again, or continue, if you will, spooky season <laughs> on the right path. I have done the Amityville house. Bum, bum, bum. <gasps> hey. So, I will say there are a lot, a lot of sources and resources to search this if you have any interest in this topic. I suggest looking into it, because I'm going to give you a very brief overview the first part of this involves um, some true crime, so I tried to kind of skip, you know, gently over that. So if you want to, and there's a lot, of, a lot of facts about that. So if you want to dive deeper into that, highly suggest that you do. But again, a lot happened here, so I'm just gonna bring you the facts that I could find via the internet. Um, sources will be in the show notes because they all had very long titles, so I'm not gonna read those off. <laughs> so. Cool. Here we go, Amityville House. So, of course, like I said, my first non-group story of spooky season is actually a haunted house, or is it? While I think the first thing that pops in your mind when you hear the Amityville Horror House is ghosts and spooky things, well, you would be right. The stories that have come from this home inspired a very popular book by Jay Arson. Um, it was published in 1977. And inspired many films. Um, there's a lot of like knockoffs of the storyline. There's actual story- movies of Amityville Horror. So um, while it may make for entertainment today, uh, the people who live there definitely suffered. Well, at least the family who was murdered there did. On November 13th, 1974, the oldest DeFeo child, Robert, who was 23, confessed to killing his whole family with a rifle. He killed his parents and four siblings, and sadly, the youngest was only nine years old. Mm-hmm. 
many say um, it is the murder uh, that started all of these hauntings, but some question if there was something evil in the home that led Ronald to do this terrible act. Regardless of if this was the start or not, there was a very negative energy in the home and the family um, and the family as Ronald Sr. was noted to be very domineering and abusive. Ronald Jr., who did commit the murder, was an alcoholic and very much like a flake um, when it came to going to work. It referenced a couple times that he kind of managed to like land a job in the family business and he would just like decide not to show up sometimes decide to come like totally just living on the skirts of life here so interesting um yeah but what was really odd um he managed to kill his whole entire family that evening with no one hearing the next day when everything kind of came unfolded neighbors were like yeah the only thing i heard was a dog barking but he literally shot a rifle six times and nobody heard wow. it. So very weird. Um, but again, if you want to learn more about the crime, definitely go look into it. He's Ronald Jr. is a very odd duck to say the least. Um, he seemed to, he, I did note, I won't go into too much detail with it, but he tried to play it off that he found his family like that, but only for like 20 minutes. And then he was like, yeah, I did it. So it was very very weird. Um, he didn't really say anything about why until much later into his sentence or like into his prison time. So just a weird, weird dude. So, but here we go. Now it's time for the ghosts. Just 13 months later, the Lutz family moved in, but due to the terrors that came with them, they left the home only 28 days later. Even though it is noted that the house was blessed by a priest um, before they moved in, the paranormal activity had started. It started off with small things. Things moving and moving across the room. Um, they would come home and find things shifted. And then it, again, like gradually built up. They'd be home and watch stuff move. And then horrible smells would come, which if you've looked up any scary stuff or you know paranormal things, normally bad smells are associated with like demons so or Not it could be associated with being sweaty or <laughs> <laughs> or what were they cooking we don't know their meals it could have been that <sighs> <laughs> too bad they didn't have zero sweat deodorant am i right ladies <laughs> girl you are right because you know even if there was those smells we can't blame it on somebody in the family but I wish they had had that back then because it is the best antiperspirant out there. You just roll it on your pits at night. You're good to go for a couple days. Yes, I mm -hmm. said days. It doesn't replace your everyday use for deodorant, but it does stop the excessive sweating. So if you go to zerosweat.com and use the code SINISTER at checkout, then you get 20% off of any $15 purchase or more. So... While I can't give the coupon to the Lutz family, I can give it to you listeners. Also, I think smells follow you into the afterlife. So if you're trying to be fresh <laughs> forever, I think this is a great quality investment. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Because is yes. it is it any coincidence that bad smells show up with ghosts? No, because ghosts didn't have zero sweat and they didn't have deodorant. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I'm not a ghost investigator. But to me, it seems like if they had this one saving product 
they would be fine. Let's increase that positive correlation for the afterlife, okay? Mm-hmm. Start now. Mm-hmm. Start mm-hmm. now. Zero sweat. You are Don't the difference. It. You can change the world. <laughs> <laughs> One pit at a time. <laughs> One pit of doom at a time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. I no, couldn't that pass was, it up. <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful. God. Chef kiss. Thank you. I just I couldn't control my... <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. But then I will give one source because I quoted it. According Mm to ghost.fandom.com, quote, apparitions began appearing and members of the family suddenly uh, experienced sudden, violent, random mood changes and the worst was still to come, end quote. So they mentioned like a lot of the... Everybody in the family was kind of affected. So it wasn't just like the parents, like, you know, yes, of course, moving is stressful and you have a lot of things, you know, going back and forth, but it was like violent mood swings. So, and the kids were acting up. It was just very odd. Mm. Um, Swarms of flies. So also noted in many stories as being really bad. And you know where there wouldn't be flies? If you use zero slime, because you wouldn't be stinky. Anyway, flies um, love stank. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they also are known to be like you know associated with demonic presence. So we have bad smells, we have flies. It's not do it. It's not great. Um, the family also noted extreme temperature changes, um, but it all led up to eventually every single member of the family being physically attacked. Normally, it was just scratches on their body, um, but it led also to some type of evil entity um, communicating with the youngest Lutz child. They attempted to bless the home again, but a bunch of voices in the home rang out and said, will you just stop? Question mark, exclamation mark. Yes, very loud. Dramatic. No. <laughs> I would just love to see a defiant no. teenager in there like, oh, as if. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ghost voice is like, will you just stop? Do you hear yourself? (laughs) But I'm sure it was more like, will you stop? (laughs) But, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I prefer the first one, but it's fine. Um, So the family was then pushed to their breaking point on January 14th, 1976. So there's a couple of sites where it gets more specific on like what exactly led up to that, but... One thing that they did mention was it was all of these acts were just getting like they couldn't deal with it anymore. It'd be like a week of hell, calm, a week of hell, and things would get worse and worse. So they just like literally they just they phrased it as they hit their breaking point. They were like, we cannot deal with this anymore, even though some of it was, you know, similar stuff. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that they did mention a lot on sites, were they said the night that they left, the walls were oozing green slime. I'm like. Oof, that can't be good, bro. That cannot be Can good. we get a better ad for Zero Sweat? Okay, that is ghost <laughs> ooze. And where do you think that ooze comes from? Pits of hell, as in your armpits of hell. Zero Sweat. I cannot drive this enough. <laughs> totally kidding. That does freak me out, though. I don't want to see any ooze on my walls. I mean, yeah. Like, and you just paired with everything else that had been happening. Like, you know, I'm always down for a good, like, little, oh, you know, ooh. Somebody closed a cabinet. Okay, that was spooky, but like mm-hmm. scratches and my walls oozing liquid. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. I'm good. No, thank Thanks. you. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. 
<sighs> so while during the talk and hype about a possible book after all these events happened, many said this was all fake. Lutz's lawyer stated he heard them, meaning the family, um, husband and wife, state this was all thought up over a lot of wine. Yet, Ed Warren states this all was real and the house was, quote, one to ten, a ten on the scale Ooh, of haunted. Mm. And I mean, I'm like, do I know Ed personally? I do not. Do I trust him with my life? I secretly do. I really do. So if he says it's a 10, it's a 10 to me. Um, and then still to this day, um, a Lutz child states that the house ruined him and gave him nightmares and they still affect him to this day. So while some of this may be just talk of possible being faked, I think it's kind of a different take on it when you have a family member who says it was real and still gets nightmares by it i feel like even if a parent was like okay we're gonna tell the media that this happened okay mm -hmm. they'd be like okay mom and it wouldn't be like a big deal but for him to still be triggered to right. me is a very big deal so mm -hmm. well yeah it made a big impact on him obviously yeah. something happened yes and then the other fact that i wanted to throw out there because you know i'm very pro paranormal activity um, finally, and while Ronald or Jr. DeFeo um, is in prison still, um, he did state that um, he was affected by various voices telling him to kill his family. So, again, he said that while he was in prison, it wasn't like in his confession of committing the crime. He just states it later. I am convinced that there is definitely negative presence in that home. Um, mm -hmm. I think maybe things from the Lutz family could have just been embellished, maybe, to make it sound scarier. Or, hey, yeah. these like, creepy things started happening, and then, wow, what if this was like a book? <gasps> what if we added this chapter? Like, you know, that kind of thing. That's kind of how I took it. There's a lot of sites that are like, this is all a bunch of crap. I just wanted to say the other sides of it. So if you do continue your research with this on your own, you definitely will come across many people saying it was faked. But... Oh. Yeah, so again, it was a brief summary, but I also wanted to end my story with asking you guys, would you ever live in a home where the pr previous tenant, right before you bought it, was killed there? Was killed? <laughs> no. Died? Maybe. Okay. Like heart attack in I the like, middle of the yes. night. <laughs> Did it knock off 10 grand at this point? I'd probably do it. <laughs> I was um, going to say, I like the wording, how much cheaper is this house now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. You can tell we are not made of money, <laughs> so please send us money so we can buy a haunted home. <laughs> We're mid-20s, guys. We're just trying to buy a haunted house. Sheesh. Yes. Oh, but yeah, I mean, to put like a personal aspect on it, um, someone in my family, I will not say who, uh, someone in my family bought a house and the person who lived there before her was an older gentleman who committed suicide in the house mm -hmm. and she mm -hmm. bought it as soon as it was like ready to go so again the price played a factor into that um and location because it was very nice near a lake um but yeah i i think it would just depend on the uh vibe i got mm -hmm. um but i'm sorry i'm just imagining a realtor like oh yeah pros look oh. at the water beautiful <laughs> Come on, someone died suicide but never mind. look at the water look, look how beautiful well, I was going to say, do they have to disclose that or is it only if you ask? I think it's if you ask. I think it's. Uh, it may be state by state. 
I think it's state by state, but then also I think like kind of how I, how I phrase that question. I think if someone died, it's different. If there was a crime, then you have to disclose it. I believe Mm -hmm. like whether it's somewhere in like the document or something, but yeah, no, I asked mine when I, before I bought my house, they were like, the house is only like 25 years old. I was like, okay, (laughs) you're not answering my question. Is there someone who died there? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Don't give me no politics answers. My parents' house was not old. We were the second family to live in there, and I swear it was haunted. Me and my brother always tried to look up if anything happened, like on that ground, because weird stuff would happen in that house. Yeah, I, I, it's, to, I mean, totally about people, like the energy that people have. So if you move into a house and you have, you know, negative energy, if you pass away or you live, like sometimes it can just hang out there. To me, that's my opinion. And mm-hmm. so if you have like people, and if I mean, no, maybe nobody died in the house, but maybe there was like a, you know, Indian burial ground or a war or someone died near your house it can happen energy is possible it travels it's all around us yeah that's uh that's how i feel about that i don't know i think i would buy a house if someone i don't know it's all about the vibe when i walk in 100 oh for sure i'm taking you in there before i buy it Mm -hmm. i'm not just gonna go in like ten thousand off where do i sign i'm like i'm very interested let me uh what's that called like (laughs) phone a friend uh, phone a friend fine yeah i was thinking like let me have a conference with my oh. um my personal vibe specialist yeah. uh, oh let me confer me. that's what i want confer it's a, it's a uh, conference call please hold yes uh, you're available for a one o'clock appointment okay. um i will let you know by 5 p.m today thank you very much <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah i don't I know your, if it felt wrong friend. i wouldn't do it yeah, yeah i mean when i was looking at homes i don't know if i've said this before but i was looking at homes there was one that was kind of i definitely felt like weird but there was one house where I literally stepped into the garage and I was like, get me the hell out of here. No, 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 no. It was ugh. no, I didn't even, I didn't even ask her cause I didn't want to know. It was just like bad, very bad. But anyway, yes, that is the Amityville horror in a nutshell. I know there's a lot of paths that could have gone down, but I wanted to showcase that while some people really do think it's fake, there are some things that suggest otherwise. So I believe it's truly haunted. And say, just the fact alone, he could kill all of them with a very loud shotgun and no one moved or... Yeah. That's what freaks me out, man. Nobody heard it and no one in your... Like, and they were all in their beds. So again, like I didn't go into yeah. too many facts, but like they were all laying down face down on their beds. Not one child. Like how... What order did you go in? Like, I don't want to know. I, yeah, you can look it up. But like, none of the family heard it. None of the neighbors. It almost doesn't matter. Weird. Because mm-hmm. you would think even if a kid didn't get out of bed, and I'm sorry to put this image in your minds, so they would at least be sitting up in bed, you know what I'm saying? Or like covering their mm-hmm. head with a blanket, like being scared. I don't think they would just be like, eh, totally fine. Yeah. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go back to sleep. No. Like I'd be like, I'd probably, I don't know, maybe hide under my bed. I don't know. But regardless, very odd situations. Yes. Um, yeah. So. Feel free to look into it more if you'd like. If you have any comments, if you think it's totally fake, I want to hear about it. If you think it's totally real, let me hear about it. Yeah. So with that, who are we? Uh, is it? Is it Sarah? Is it Aaron? I can't remember. It's Seven Cavities Sarah. Woo! Seven Mama. Cavities Sarah. Woo! <laughs> I'm sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> it, it wasn't until I was an adult and I had to pay for it myself that I realized how much it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, no wonder my parents were angry all the time when I was shoving my hands in, like, sugar jars. Like, they were thinking about my expensive tooth bill. <laughs> it's fine. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to get grounded from bedtime snacks. I was a little bit of a chunker. Chunker? 
And um, my parents knew like that's where I was going to hit me the most. Like that's the only thing she really cares about is her bedtime snacks. But they didn't yeah. know that I was crafty. So they'd put it up high, but I would still find that sugar jar and like lick my hand and shove it down in the sugar jar. And oh, then lick my the sugar. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, girl. Yes, they did catch me eventually. And it was a very uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> Sarah, you have a problem. Kind of. <laughs> Sugar jar, Sarah. Woo! <laughs> okay, well, my story has nothing to do with your teeth. So really quick, my sources are npr.org, allthatsinteresting.com. Psychol- Actually, let me tell you what it is, and then I'll tell you the rest of my sources. Well, you'll see them on the show notes. I have sources. <laughs> So inspired by our listener, Brooke, and the Ratchet series, today I'm talking about one of the most bizarre procedures to come out of this hair, this Hera's history, this era's history, <laughs> lobotomies. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Buckle up, Monday. Um, my other sources were lobotomy.umwblogs.org, psychcentral.com, and bbc.com. Oh, and Wikipedia, as always. So, for anyone who doesn't know what a lobotomy is, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you. Uh, It is where a surgeon, preferably, or a psych professional physically goes into your brain and is trying to sever connecting fibers of neurons. Yes. So, the Portuguese neurologist who thought of it wasn't a mad scientist of any kind. He believed that patients with obsessive behavior, which is the reason they were looking at this, by the way, it was not for the slew of things that came to be known for. It was just for people with obsessive disorders. He kind of theorized that people were um, suffering from like fixed circuits in their brain that weren't quite making sense. Like they weren't connecting correctly. Basically they were treating your brain like a computer or like an engine. Like if you just took this one bit out, then it was going to force your brain to make a new circuit and it would flow more easily. Mm -hmm, So yet again, I am only making this circle motion with my arm. You can't see it, but they do. (laughs) So it makes sense. They're trying to stop the compulsive behavior loop, which is why people keep washing their hands even when they're already clean. He was hoping to sever that loop and then it would be less compulsive. So crazy a little bit now, but at the time, not so much. And there had been procedures like the lobotomy for ages. (laughs) For example, have you ever heard of trepanning oh i have not or trepanning no. No. <laughs> you're in luck it can also be called trepanation it was in one of the newest um oh it's in a new scary movie where everyone's on facetime unfriended 2 actually really good better than unfriended 1 hot oh. take i'm saying it unfriended hot 2 take. worth okay. your time yeah so they talk about it in that movie but There are paintings depicting this from as early as the 1400s, but people think it happened in the Middle Ages as well. So it is drilling a hole into the human skull to allow demons or spirits to be released. Yippee. One more thing. One more reason not to go back to the 1400s if you do (laughs) discover time travel. Um, Mm -hmm. So yes, drilling our holes is nothing new. So when Igaz Moniz, Moniz, the Portuguese neurologist, wanted to try his lobotomy, which was then called the frontal luectomony. God, I practiced this. Luectomony. Luectomony. Whatever. 
you get it. It's not called lobotomy. It's something a little different. People were on board and he would not drill one, but two holes in your skull on either Mm. sides of your brain. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah. Trigger warning at the top and push a sharp instrument called a leucotome into your brain. Mm. Oh my God. To be fair, people were put under, like they were not awake for this whatsoever. Oh, I would hope not. Well, don't hope so much. But when it all started, everyone was put under. All good. Um, um, Jeffrey Dahmer that I'm not well. It should because he did some weird stuff to the brains as well. But the surgeon would then move this instrument from side to side, which cuts connections between the frontal lobes and the rest of the brain. So again, this is kind of gruesome. But I actually think a lot of surgeries are really gruesome. Like, there's a reason not everyone wants to be a surgeon. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, But it still kind of makes sense. We now know – I don't know if they did at the time, but we now know that your frontal lobe is responsible for quite a bit. Memory, language, and in this case, most importantly, your impulse control. So trying to cut that from the rest of your brain, I can see how that would, in theory, make someone think it might jumpstart or create, like, new paths and new impulses. Like, maybe I would be shoving my hands in sugar jars. <laughs> I'm kidding. This did not work the way they thought. So he recorded a dramatic improvement of his first 20 patients. Woo. Keep in mind, this is 1935. So psychology is still new. Doctors are trying to find ways to cure people instead of just putting them in an asylum and leaving them. Mm-hmm. And if this is where the story stopped, <laughs> a neurosurgeon expertly drilling holes into patients' head that had qualified for the lobotomy and saw improvement, then yes, it would be fantastic. But it wouldn't be my spooky season topic if it did. So I'm sorry. Yeah, Um, yeah. Because also he, to his credit, was using this as like last resort. We've tried everything else we can. Let's mess around in your school. Why not? Mm. Because yet again, they didn't exactly know if it would work or not. And I'm not going to gross you out, but he did some experiments before this. Way worse. On mice like or on people? Do you want the honest answer? No. People. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the honest answer. Um, okay. So an American neurologist by the name of Walter Freeman hears about this lobotomy and says, yippee, let's give her a try. He changes the name to free frontal lobotomy instead of the leukectomy, which is why it's so hard for me to say because we don't normally say it. Um, and with the assistance of another neurosurgeon named Watts, they performed their first lobotomy in the United States on a Kansas housewife. Oh. And I think he, it was in some uh, thing, but he eventually changed the name because he couldn't use the fine tools that they were using before. He kept, uh, trigger warning, breaking them off Ooh. In, Ooh. in mid-surgery, we'll say. Cringe. Oh, this whole thing is cringy. I had to watch videos about this in school, and you are welcome. I will not send them to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. (laughs) So the time I watched it in Ratchet, I was like, oh, pretty fair. Pretty fair depiction. So also these holes they're putting, they are not on the top of your head. They're almost where, like, you would have devil's horns. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine Hellboy. That's kind of where the scars would be. Because, yes, you are getting scars. They are literally cutting, like, holes. So the first person in the United States to get it was a housewife. And in typical sexist form of the time, <laughs> Freeman believed that the overload of emotions led to mental illness. Woo. 
<laughs> what a time to be alive. So his thought was the same theory as the leukectomy, and he applied it here. So he thought that cutting the nerves in the brain could stabilize someone's personality. To his credit, whenever you do mess around in someone's prefrontal, prefrontal lobe, it's going to mess with your personality. But you can't pick and choose what you're doing up there, or at least you definitely could not in the <laughs> 1930s. Yeah, like, show me. I don't know what God complex they had, but it does not work like that. Um, like a lot of serial killers and like the rest of people will see they had the frontal lobe injuries as children. Like we know that messes with your impulse control, how you deal with anger. Like it, it's going to mess with you, mm-hmm. um, buddy. So the housewife from Kansas, whose husband was all on board, by the way. And sex was is she joke- on board? <laughs> well, I don't even know if they need to ask her. Um, <laughs> to be fair, she was going through quite a hard time. Like it wasn't like she was just, I don't know, wiping her mouth wrong at the dinner table. Like um, I had read she had some pretty severe depression. She had suicidal thoughts. And I think mm-hmm. I did listen to the, I did listen to the whole thing, but it was the podcast, last podcast in the left. And they talked about her sister had just been murdered by her brother-in-law. And so she stopped wearing clothes and had this really like bizarre fixation on like her own looks, like was, was looking in the mirror all the time, mm-hmm. standing naked in front of windows, which was a huge no-no in the 30s. So yeah. she was going through some stuff, okay, to be fair. Okay. Yeah. I do not know if this was a last resort. I kind of doubt it because you're going to see a little bit later, but Mr. Uh, Walter Freeman is quite the showman and he was looking for a way to like make his name in the psych industry. Mm-hmm. what's going to be my thing drilling into someone's head. So he realized that the leukectomy from Lisbon didn't have pizzazz. It didn't was, it wasn't efficient and it was very gruesome to watch as it is just as gruesome to explain to you. And it also had to be performed by a surgeon, which fun little fact, Freeman had lost his surgery license like the year before, which is why he <gasps> oh, needed that Dr. Watts to work with him. But there was a day where Dr. Watts was sick and he was caught just being like, eh, I walked him through it a million times. How hard can it be? And another <laughs> surgeon came in and was like, what are you doing? You are not a surgeon. So, and this procedure also took around an hour. So it was long. It was pretty gruesome. You needed someone else. You had to be in a hospital. Basically a lot of boxes to check. And he didn't want to go through with it. So he came up with the transorbital lobotomy. My least <laughs> And lucky for us, there is an NPR article (laughs) written by someone who watched it. Ew. All right. So um, clench your butt cheeks because it's going to be a little rough. A patient would be rent. Oh, wait. Sorry. Are you guys ready? This actually is probably the most gruesome thing I've done. And it's all like in a hospital, which to me is way scarier. But okay. Yeah. Just rip the band-aid. Let's get it over with. Like a minute or two. Is that a minute or two will be enough or no? Mm -hmm. I would think so. Okay. 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 You hit that 15 I'll second say, skip or something. I'll say the word aardvark when I'm done. So a patient okay. would be rendered unconscious by electroshock. Already great. That part's not in the article. That already great. Freeman would then take a sharp ice pick-like instrument and insert it above the patient's eyeball through the orbit of the eye. And just so you know, it's because it's it's thinner there than it is at the top of your forehead. So it does take less force. It's less intrusive. I see the point. Surgery yep. is gruesome. Okay. So he does that. And then it goes through the orbit and into the frontal lobes of your brain. So then you move the instrument 
back and forth and he would can do the exact same thing on the other side of the head. This entire procedure, aardvark, by the way, aardvark, we're all done. <laughs> hey, welcome back. It was gruesome. It's a little rough if you missed it. Um, you're not, you're going to be fine. It sucks. Oh, I have chills. The in- oh, okay. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yes. The entire procedure took around 10 minutes and was insanely Whoa. popular in America. It was quick. It offered a solution to mentally ill patients because this was a time before antipsychotic medicines. Mental institutions were severely overcrowded and doctors and psychologists really just wanted to help people like in any way they could. Like, cause the reality is, was people in straight jackets, like were, they were just trying anything. Like, how can we help these people? Cause we have no idea. Well, they had ideas, but it wasn't getting them like cured. It was more like, how can we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stop messing around fun. and get some stuff done. Yeah. Cause really what they were doing is just getting them through like day to day, but long-term they needed like solutions and they didn't have that. Um, like I think we've all seen horror documentaries of like these mental asylums in the fifties and forties. Like it was not, not a place for rehabilitation as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. So very popular. And it left no scars. It just left you some black eyes as you can imagine. And once those healed, you could not tell. It could also be performed outside of an operating room and did not require a surgeon. Ew. Oh, yeah. What? Yep. So it was a lot more Why? accessible. Whoa. Whoa. Because there's no, there's no drilling. You don't need any um, anesthesia because they can use the shock, which was super fun. Not scary at all. Um, yeah. Oh he basically God. figured out a workaround to to something that was already only really working about 30% of the time. Yeah. Because the results, like he didn't ever go and talk to the person who invented this. He just read a journal and then was like, true American fashion. I'm going to take it, pull up my bootstraps and figure this out in America. Like he didn't go there yeah. to see like the cutting edge, whatever, to see how it was doing, if it was actually working. Mm-hmm. When in reality, yeah, it was 30% of the patients they would get quote unquote better, which means they were just more indifferent to things. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. think like your soul is in your brain, kind of like they compared it to like taking the soul out of a person because you might still see like all these hallucinations you had before. You just didn't care as much about it. Like you weren't as bothered. And that's if it worked. Some people had the wow. same symptoms and some people yeah, got really worse. Sad. Yes. But it could also be considered a little peaceful. It's just kind of how you look at it. Like maybe it is better for some people not to be so concerned and so sad all the time. I don't know. It's up to everyone's own debate. But yes, it did stop the feeling of intense emotions that brought them on. So sometimes it would leave people in a more childlike state and less prone to worry. And there were also some patients that turned out vegetative, like they couldn't do anything for themselves. And some did die of brain hemorrhages on the table because a surgeon wasn't used yet again. So what do you expect? So it's a mixed bag, just like Halloween candy. See, it's still on brand. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only (laughs) Okay, so remember, these were invented for one purpose, and that was those obsessive thoughts. Okay. We branded it in America that you could use it for anything. If you suffered Mm -hmm. with tension, apprehension, anxiety, depression, insomnia, suicidal thoughts, nervous indigestion, delusions, hallucinations, crying spells, or obsessions, I could have qualified for a lobotomy. Woo. 
Thank God I was born in this era. There are more, by the way, but I think I can already get my hint across that this is a very long list. They were really using lobotomies in the U.S. like we use Tylenol for any kind of pain. This is not a cure-all procedure. And these also weren't only done on adults. One of the youngest to receive this procedure was a 12-year-old boy named Howard Dully. His stepmother said that Dully was defiant. (gasps) Oh, just just freaking wait. This one made me really angry, so that's why I put it in here. He was defiant, he daydreamed, and he objected to going to bed. The nerve. Sounds so crazy. No. This boy's father had taken him to several doctors, and all the doctors said he was normal. Nothing was wrong with this boy. This is all completely normal. The stepmother disagreed. And Freeman, the chauvin that he was, assured her he can fix the problem. And they performed a lobotomy. Wow. 40 years later, he did an interview. So he survived. But there he was one of the indifferent problem. ones. Oh, absolutely not. He survived and NPR did an interview with him. And he said, if you saw me now, you'd never know that I had a lobotomy. The only thing you'd notice is that I'm tall and I weigh around 350 pounds, but I've always felt different. Like something is missing from my soul. I have no memory of the operation and never had the courage to ask my parents about it. End quote. Wow. Like it sounds like the stepmom had more issues than he did, but I don't know. That's what I was going to say. Does she even feel like guilty at all? Like I would love to pick her brain and just yeah, like, yeah. Can we slice you know I mean? your like, brain open? Her. Yeah, yeah. But we cannot. It was a long time ago. But I know that's insane. Yes, but like yeah. these, he was one of the fifty thousand Americans that received a lobotomy. Yes, that's mm-mm. so. Um, Freeman himself, I think, only performed about thirty five hundred was the number, but. Because they were so accessible, so easy to do once he showed you once. And I think there's like a pamphlet, of course, but any old guy who had a practice could do a lobotomy. One more of the infamous cases was that of Rosemary Kennedy, John Kennedy's sister. And I swear to God, this family is cursed. So do you guys know anything about Rosemary Kennedy? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. So quick backstory. She was born in 1918, and the doctor was running late. Not wanting to deliver the baby without a doctor present, the nurse reached into the birthing canal and held the baby in place so it would not come out until the doctor got there. No, no, no. I was talking to Clavin about this today, and I was like, I don't know if they didn't know yet. You're already Um, in there, honey. I mean, so many things. We talk about all the time. So many things can go wrong with childbirth. Like, I understand her wanting to wait, but... This led to a lack of oxygen getting to the baby's brain and had lasting effects. So she'd always been a bit delayed. She needed extra help with school. She suffered with seizures as well. And patriarch of the family, Joe Kennedy, was grooming his two oldest sons for politics and worried Rosemary may be an eyesore for the all-American family. He found a solution in Walter Freeman. Keep in mind, Joe never asked Rose Kennedy, the girl's mother, or Rosemary herself about this. Of course. And from all intents and purposes, it sounds like she was still, like, doing fine enough. Like, no one really knew she had a problem. Like, I know they went to great lengths to cover it. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, I don't know. Like, it, I don't know. It's not like it would have been that big of a deal. Maybe it would have because it was, like, the 1960s. But to me, this seems a bit worse. So 
Freeman assured the Kennedys he had a procedure that could mentally and physically cure his daughter. It sounds almost oh. too good to be true. Because it was. <laughs> Rosemary received the prefrontal lobotomy, which is where two large holes... Oh, I'm going to say it again. He, he, she got the old school one. She didn't get the ones um, in your eyes. It was like the forehead. I'm not going to do the details again. She remained awake during the entire procedure. Oh. And we okay. know this for a fact because she was asked to recite poems and prayers throughout the procedure so oh. they could see what it was affecting. Yep. Take that in. Immediately after this, Rosemary could no longer speak or walk. Oh, my God. She had to be <laughs> institutionalized and spent months in physical therapy. This only resulted in her gaining the ability to move her arm. After spending 20 years in an institution... Rose, the mother, finally visits, and Rosemary attacks her in a violent rage because at this point she can't talk anymore. Like, she still can't talk. So she yeah. doesn't really know how else to express herself. And I would be livid. Mm -hmm. Like, I blame her 0%. Um, at this point, the Kennedys realized their mistake and started championing, championing rights for mentally disabled. Woo, it came to a nice end. Rosemary oh. lived out the rest of her life in a residential care facility in Wisconsin. No, it's terrible. 100% terrible. They didn't visit her for 20 years. So take that in. As you can imagine, a lot of people were taking notice that lobotomy, lobotomies were not, in fact, always the answer. Wow. And a strong um, anti-psychosurgery movement started to happen. And that combined with the invention of new medicines, new treatments, and Freeman's death contributed to the decline and almost extinction of lobotomy. So drugs were being made readily available there was no surgical shock, so there's no side effects um, with medicines. Well, there are, but it's a lot easier to reverse them than it is with someone literally digging in your brain. Like, mm -hmm. this is a sacred piece of equipment. We can't just move bits around willy-nilly, okay? Yeah. I was going to say, when you mentioned, like, they were having her recite poems, I think, isn't that what they do during brain surgery sometimes? Like, you're awake and you're still talking. Yeah, I think they the have local and... anesthetic. Like, you can't um, feel it, obviously. They yes. wouldn't be that cruel. But, yes, they want to make sure what they're moving around is correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they don't mess anything up. I mean, not that it mattered because he really messed everything up anyway. But, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I've never mm -hmm. had brain surgery, but I've heard that before. <laughs> or have I? <laughs> um, I used to be even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh. This whole subject was so dark. Mm -hmm. And this is highlights, guys. If you really want to know the yeah. backstories, like Freeman is a crazy interesting person. Like there's a lot of not outright lies. We'll call them fibs about how – no, we should probably call them lies. About how like how it actually worked, like the percentages. So have fun. Just just peek behind the curtain on that. I'm just, you know, opening a flap for you cool. guys. So mm – -hmm. There are still lobotomies performed today, but it is no longer the ice pick lobotomy. It is now again performed by surgeons and they remove specific parts of your brain. They don't just wiggle a stick in there. And it is only, only, only performed after nothing else has been given or after nothing else has worked. And you still have to sign off on it. Like I would have to be like, yeah, it's worth it. Let's give it a shot. Like no longer is it like a husband being like, where do I sign? My wife is mm -hmm. living. Like, mm. So thanks for the memories, Freeman. Right. Uh, but I think right. we should all keep our heads holeless <laughs> at all costs. And uh, be good to yourselves. That's all I had. <laughs> wow. 
Yes. So that is a brief view of lobotomies. And I am sorry, not sorry. This has lived inside my brain for far too long. Now you must all suffer alongside of me. Yeah. Thanks for that story. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I can literally feel like the gritted teeth, like, thanks, Sarah. This is great. Just what I wanted. It is freaky, though. Like, it is nuts. It's just so interesting. Like, who, who thought of doing that? Why? I just, how do you get that idea? And you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Let's literally pick someone's brain apart. <laughs> Ew. Ew. That brings a whole new meaning. Like, let me pick your brain about something. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's all I had. Ah! I'm going to pass it over before we get any weirder about stuff. Erin, what do you got? All right. So just like you ladies, I thought spooky season deserved a spooky true crime case. So today I will be covering the Slender Man stabbing. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of my information came from the uh, 2020 episode. It's season 42, episode five, um, titled The Wicked. Erin, is this a story about three girls? Yes. You may remember it when I start talking about it. No, I'm saying, did I cover this? You mentioned it. Okay, okay. It wouldn't have been in depth. So, okay, never mind. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, my sources again um, 2020 episode is season 42, which is insane to me. Episode five called The Wicked. I used Wikipedia and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. On the morning of Saturday, May 31st, 2014, Dan Klein, an officer for the city of Waukesha, Wisconsin Police Department, drove to a local family video to deal with his first call of the day. It was a very minor situation. Someone had switched the letters on the family video sign from hot hits sale to something more inappropriate. What was it? What was he didn't it? say he oh. didn't say what it was, but you could right. try to let's play that could be a game. Hot you could try to put it together. Hits sale. I bet yes. it was something with tits. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what he thought, too. And when he arrived, he couldn't help but laugh at the situation and was about to take a photo of the sign to send to his wife when he received a call over his radio that he couldn't ignore. A 12-year-old girl had been discovered in a park covered in blood about a mile and a half from his location. According to 2020, a man named Greg Steinberg decided to take advantage of the beautiful spring day and go for a bike ride in one of Waukesha's county parks. That day, he took a different path than usual, which thankfully he did, because when he reached the dead end of the road he was on, he discovered a young girl lying on the grass who appeared to be injured. He noticed that, again, her clothes were covered in blood, and he immediately contacted 911. He told the dispatcher that the girl was awake, but she was having trouble breathing. Officer Klein was sent to the scene, and when he arrived, he noticed that the girl had multiple wounds and she could barely move. He asked the girl, who said her name was Peyton Leitner, who did this to her, and she said her friend, Morgan Geyser, had stabbed her in the woods. Paramedics quickly arrived and were stunned when they came across Peyton. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Colax, we're looking at you. Oh, mm-hmm. Doing us duty. What the heck? <laughs> oh, doing us duty? Morgan's a bad name. Come on. <laughs> Me? Doing <laughs> us duty. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> saying it from now on. Don't be doing <laughs> us duty like that. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Lord, Sarah, you 
did us duty this week. Damn. All right. Sorry. There is an injured girl in a park. Erin, go. Yes. Yes. Paramedics arrived and they cut off her clothes to inspect her wounds and determined that she had been stabbed with a knife. The paramedics asked her what the knife looked like, and she indicated with her fingers that the blade alone was about five inches long. So just the blade. Yeah. Was that long? She was placed on a gurney and into an ambulance that transported her to Waukesha Memorial Hospital. Detective Michelle Trasoni was informed of the incident and rushed to the Leitner residence. She told Stacy Leitner that her daughter was alive, but she had been stabbed and was at the hospital getting prepped for major surgery. Stacy called her husband, found someone to take care of her son, and drove to the hospital in time to see Peyton before her surgery began. In her 2020 interview, she recalled walking into the trauma room and seeing her daughter's pale, terrified face. According to trauma surgeon Dr. Brian Huxdorf, Peyton was stabbed multiple times in the chest, abdomen, arms, and legs. Her blood pressure was dangerously low, and her heart was working in overdrive. This image was burned in Stacy's memory as she heard a nurse count the number of wounds on Peyton's body, and another nurse replied back, quote, I count 19 as well, end quote. I'm sorry, Ooh. what? Oh, I just got 19? chills. 19? 19, yes. One, nine times. Great. Mm-hmm. Hey, my story only had two holes per She's person. So if we're looking at total wounds, Aaron wins. Oh, my okay? God. <laughs> we always know my stories are downers, so... Go on. That's Damn. terrible. 19. Mm-hmm. She's so young. Damn. Yeah. She had been stabbed so many times that the doctors and nurses had to carefully go over her body to make sure they weren't missing any. According to Dr. John Kellerman, a thoracic and cardiac surgeon, if the stab wound to Peyton's chest had been the width of a human hair deeper, it would have breached the wall of her artery, causing major bleeding, a heart attack, and death within minutes. Oh, God. Width of a mm-hmm. hair? Yep. Like, see, how do you not call that a miracle? That's a fucking miracle. Wow. Right? That's crazy. Wow. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Before Peyton's surgery began, Detective Tersoni confirmed that Peyton's friends, 12 year old Morgan Geyser and 12 year old Anissa Wire, were the perpetrators who lured her into the woods, stabbed her, and left her for dead. So, a bit about these girls Peyton was a hopeful, positive young girl who always saw the good in people. Her classmate Morgan didn't have many friends, and Peyton became friends with her because she didn't want her to be alone. Peyton told 2020 in her first public interview since the incident happened, and this was uh, released in 2019, that she considered Morgan her best friend who at times could be controlling, but she brushed this behavior off and didn't think much of it. Anissa Wire transferred to Horning Middle School in the sixth grade and didn't know a single person in Waukesha, but she became fast friends with Morgan, who she thought of like a sister. Christy Wire described her daughter as an imaginative child who enjoyed singing and taking part in the choir. She believed Anissa became such good friends with Morgan because they were both loners compared to their classmates and were described as strange since they were into, you know, horror stories and the supernatural and not girly things. <laughs> Who's strange just now. Just things. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The pair just didn't seem to make oh. friends easily, and they bonded over, you know, their similar circumstances. Hmm? Peyton, on the other hand, never felt close to Anissa. She described her as cruel and jealous of her friendship with Morgan. However, the three girls appeared to get along and seemed to enjoy each other's company, which this whole story just seemed like completely out of left field, and Peyton never could have guessed what Morgan and Anissa were planning. It's 
just very, very bizarre. So while Peyton's surgery was underway, investigators were sent out to find Morgan and Anissa and bring them in for questioning. When officers arrived at the Geyser home, they asked Angie Geyser where her daughter was. She told them that Morgan was hanging out with her friends at the park and she hadn't heard from her since she had left. When she asked them what the problem was, they only told her that an incident had happened at the park and one of the girls was hurt. They proceeded to search her home, ignoring Angie's questions, and left when neither Morgan nor Anissa were found. Angie was understandably shaken up. She told 2020 her daughter was a happy, creative child who enjoyed making up songs and stories. She was bullied in school, especially in the sixth grade, and she had started Uh to become moodier and distant from others, but she wasn't a bad kid. So her mom had no idea what was going on or what Morgan could have done to get the police involved. Mm Mm-hmm. Other officers contacted Anissa's father, who then called his wife and told her to return to the condo as quickly as she could. The police searched their condo, but did not discover Anissa or Morgan. According to Christy, she initially thought that her daughter had been abducted, but she realized this wasn't the case when she found her daughter's cell phone. She looked through Anissa's text messages and calls to see who she had been in recent contact with and who she could have gone with, but instead discovered alarming messages which she called quote-unquote goodbye notes. Dated Wednesday, May 28th at 4.05 p.m., the note said, This is my final wish to those who care. Do not grieve my absence, but remember me for who I was. I love and cherish you all. It wouldn't do you harm. Unless I did do you harm because I did. Mm, Yeah. So Christy now thinks her daughter ran away from home, and now detectives are more worried because they think they could possibly find these girls dead somewhere. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The situation just got more serious. Mm. Police released some information about the case to news sites, and reporters swarmed the area where Peyton was discovered as their stories broke to the public. Police conducted a massive search by ground and air and called in additional help and resources to search for the missing girls. Around 2.53 p.m. on Saturday afternoon, Morgan and Anissa had been walking for five hours at that point and were finally found sitting on the side of I-94. Police picked the girls up and drove them to the station where they were taken to separate interrogation rooms and questioned for hours. According to Dan Abrams, ABC News chief legal analyst, in the state of Wisconsin, a child can be interrogated without their parent or guardian present. Little fun, fun fact. fact. Yeah. Keep that in your Damn. back pocket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're ever there, yeah. Detective Trusodi questioned no, yeah, Anissa. Wakasha, isn't that making a murderer? Wakasha? I've never seen making yeah. a murderer, so I couldn't tell you. <gasps> I what? have, but I don't remember I what state it's place, in. And that's like I thought it was Wisconsin, and that's and I th- and that's the whole thing about that case is because they try they they questioned a minor without his parent. What? Oh, I mean, okay, it could sorry, be. Full circle. And I wonder. Dang it. I'm sorry. I thought I keep thinking I'm muted, but I'm not muted. It was in Wisconsin. <laughs> it was Manitowoc County, Wisconsin. Manitowoc. Huh. Okay. But still, same. Mis- okay. Okay. Yeah. We got yeah. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's Points, Morgan. Morgan. That's yeah. My brain goes. There okay. you go. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> Detective um, Trusoni questioned Anissa, who appeared to be frightened. She noticed that Anissa was wearing two shirts, and when she asked Anissa to lift up the blue shirt for a picture, there was a very visible blood stain on the white shirt underneath. Detective Trusoni told 2020 that this was the first time she had 
really just gone into an interview blind, like completely blind. She assumed that the stabbing must have happened over a boy or something trivial that a child would get angry about. Mm -hmm. But the story that Anissa told her shocked her to her core. Unbeknownst to anyone, Morgan and Anissa were plotting to murder Peyton in the park to prove themselves worthy to Slenderman, a fictional character that was created by Eric Knudsen in 2009 for a Photoshop paranormal image contest that pretty much just blew up and spread all over the internet. Yes. Congratulations, Eric. You won. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) I'm sorry. What a weird, like, I mean, I'm going to be creative today. Nothing bad can come of this. Dun, well, yeah, dun. I mean, obviously he didn't think no. that was going to happen. No. But yeah, I mean, you've both seen pictures of Slenderman, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, I mean, he looks creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've seen a shit ton of Slenderman. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, 2009, we were we were freshmen in high school. I was still kind of innocent. My cousin definitely made me think it was real. So yeah, mm-hmm. I did not appreciate spooky things back then like I do now. So we've come a long Sorry. way. But yeah. Sorry, you just talk like a girl who's seen some things. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's terrifying. (laughs) Oh yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him. I've shook his hand. Made a deal with the devil in the the woods with Slender Man. (laughs) Are you the Morgan? Sorry. (laughs) Cannot confirm nor deny. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe no, I'm Slender Man. That's why I'm so tall. (laughs) It's the ultimate Shyamalan twist. Slender girl. Wait, just kidding. I'm I'm she was a boy. She was a girl. Cannot make it any more slender man. I'm sorry. They lived in the woods. They called all the kids. (laughs) Okay. 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 So we all know who he is, what he looks like. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're back. We're coming back to him. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, it's me, your girl. What's up? Anissa had discovered Slenderman when she came across the Creepypasta wiki page where people posted spooky stories. The Slenderman story was about two paragraphs long, and it included two pictures. One picture was of a playground with happy children running around and playing, but if you took a closer look, you would spot a tall, dark figure with, like, tendrils coming out of its back in the background, standing by a few children. And then there's a second picture, which I just think is more random and it shows him um hanging out in the background behind a group of teenagers that all just look really pissed off (laughs) so i don't know what the point (laughs) of that one is (laughs) but according to the online story these photos had been taken before some of the children went missing (laughs) slender man is described as a faceless man who is anywhere from 6 to 14 uh, feet tall He wears a suit, has white skin, and typically preys on children. According to Dr. Shira Chess, co-author of Folklore, Horror Stories, and The Slender Man, the fact that he doesn't have a face makes him very interpretable, and she believes Morgan and Anissa found a variation of the character that they wanted to believe, which I think totally tracks, and we kind of just talked about this. So when 
this Slender Man story was created, the Photoshop image was created, it blew up on the internet. So kids mm-hmm. were making their own drawings of Slender Man, and YouTubers were making videos about him. Kids even created their own stories with their version of Slender Man. And there was even a PC game that came out based off of the character. And you bet when PewDiePie came out with a video of him playing mm-hmm. it, I watched it because I just thought it was so funny. Yeah, did nobody else watch videos of people playing like spooky games? And just oh, watching their, them their get reactions? scared. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, also, my cousins would play them to, to me to make me mm-hmm. watch the actual scary video. A very traumatic yeah. childhood. Just kidding. I did not. I had a great childhood. But, yes, we. my cousin made me play the Slenderman game with them. And I remember being like, this is terrible. Like, I have to go. I cannot be around. What? Yep. No, we had dial-up internet, and I spent my 45 minutes of internet time trying to get my MySpace just so. So, no, I had no time to watch extra videos, okay? It took me a long time to get those Fox racing backgrounds that I wanted. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's fine. I will not be Googling it later to find out what I missed. Thank you. I'm dying. When I call you at 2 a.m., I don't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Aaron, what have you done? <laughs> Anissa told Detective Trussoni that she had seen Slenderman on the school bus one day and had talked to him. The girls believed he was everywhere and that he had a mansion in the middle of Nicolette National Park that they would be allowed to live in if they killed someone. Anissa said her and Morgan sometimes discussed their plan in public, but they made sure to whisper in case anyone was eavesdropping. They would use code words when they talked about their plan. So if they said cracker, they were talking about a knife. And if they said itch, they were talking about, like, the killing, the act itself that they were going to do. What is wrong? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Keep that in the back of your head. Mm -hmm. Um, Detective Tom Casey questioned Morgan in a separate room, and she, unlike Anissa, appeared eerily calm and relaxed. Footage obtained from her interrogation room showed her laying her head on the table at times, walking around the room, and even, like, dancing around before the detective walked in. Yes, what? I see your face, Sarah. Mm-hmm. If okay. you ever get the chance to watch this, like that. the video footage, do it. Okay. It's crazy. Morgan also had bloodstains on her clothing, and she was photographed before her questioning began. During her interrogation, Morgan referred to Peyton as Bella a lot, which was a nickname she gave to Peyton because I guess there was another classmate who had the same name. I don't, I don't really know. Morgan told Detective Casey that Anissa had showed her, shown her the Slenderman story and that she was the one who told her they had to kill Peyton or else Slenderman would kill their families. Detective Casey told 2020 he heard things in that interview that he had never heard come out of a 12-year-old's mouth before. When asked if she felt bad for stabbing her friend, Morgan responded, quote, I thought about it, but then I decided that remorse would get me nowhere. It's easier to live without regrets, end quote. <laughs> Where is she now? We have oh. some concerns. Also, this murder happened in 2008. This was 2014. Oh, well, it's still maybe the Twilight series came out in 2008. Oh, yeah. Th- that could be the Bella name. I see. Oh. That could be. But also, I'm sorry. I've been chewing on that. The rest of it's nuts. I don't yes. know. Also, um, plot twist, not a murder. So she was, Peyton survived the surgery. Mm, mm, yep mm, and like mm. both girls were told this yeah during 
their interrogations and their questioning. So yeah, Morgan just didn't really seem to care if Peyton was dead or alive at all. So great. If that's your child, what do you do? Like, hey, it's yeah. me, your mom. Don't mm-hmm. stab me. Yeah. Like that is so terrifying Ugh. to me. Like, yeah. Okay. And that does get brought up a bit because people did want to blame the parents. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no rule book for what to do if my child kills someone or wants to kill someone. Like what? That's. Well, I would say the first rule is like, say no, maybe. But then after that, yeah, I don't know. Your hands are tied. Yeah. That's terrifying. uh, mm -hmm. It's bizarre. Detectives Casey and Trusodi compared their notes after interrogating the girls and were able to piece together the events that transpired that morning. Morgan had invited Anissa and Peyton over for a sleepover the night before to celebrate her birthday. According to Peyton's parents, she had been looking forward to the sleepover for weeks. Stacy assumed the girls would be playing with dolls, going on the internet, and partaking in other typical slumber party activities. Angie remembered that after the girls returned from Skateland, they ran up to Morgan's upstairs bedroom and were laughing and giggling the entire night. So nothing seemed off. Mm-hmm. According to 2020, Morgan and Anissa's original plan was to kill Peyton at the sleepover in her room. Oh, wow. Yes. Morgan would set an alarm on her phone and wear headphones so that only she could hear it go off around 2 a.m. She would then wake Anissa up and they would duct tape Peyton's mouth shut, stab her in the neck, and then leave to find Slender Man's mansion. But this didn't happen, though, because according to Morgan, when she was questioned, they wanted to give Peyton one more morning. Oh, how very generous. I mean, they are givers. They are. Yeah. What the f- mm-hmm. I'm sorry, whose birthday was it? Whose birthday party? Morgan's. Okay. Well, at least it wasn't like, here's your birthday gift. One more morning. <laughs> okay. The girls woke up Saturday morning around 5.30 a.m. and ate breakfast and started playing dress-up. While Peyton, yes, 5.30 is really early. (laughs) If we're talking about crimes, that's a crime. What they're kids, though. Oh, I don't care. In middle school, I was sleeping till like 11. That was the best sleeps of my life. Oh, no. Not in my house. My dad would barge in and be like, this (gasps) is no hotel, motel, holiday inn. (laughs) There are things to do. And I'm like, it's 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, my God. That's okay. my life. <laughs> okay. I'm never complaining about dial-up again we because won't. I got to sleep. So. <laughs> <laughs> you said that way too often. That's so funny. <laughs> so while Peyton was getting changed in the bathroom, Morgan and Anissa devised their plan B. The girls would go to the park where they would lure Peyton into one of the bathroom stalls and stab her. They would leave her body on the toilet and there was a drain there. So in their head or in their minds, it would get rid of most of the blood. Mm. Okay. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Morgan told Peyton they should go to the park and Morgan asked her mom for permission to go. So usually Morgan's mom wouldn't allow her or her friends to go without an adult tagging along, but... It was Morgan's birthday, and she decided that the girls could go alone. According to Anissa, as they were walking to the park, Mm. Morgan lifted up her shirt and showed Anissa the knife on her waistband that she had taken from the kitchen. Morgan, um, on the other hand, said something different. So she said that she thought Anissa took the knife and placed it in a bag. When Peyton was lured to the bathroom, Anissa 
said she tried to knock her out by hitting her head against the concrete. But when that wasn't <gasps> successful, they gave up on that plan and walked back outside. And I have no idea how they played that off. Like, how do you go from almost knocking someone out to like, let's go back outside and walk around? <laughs> hey, sorry yeah, about that, what man. The fuck? Must have just yeah. slipped and slammed her head in the concrete. Whew, happens all the time. <laughs> I know. I don't know if it was just maybe okay. Peyton thought You're they were just joshing the... around. Come on. That's yeah. They were just acting strange and goofing off. Like, I don't know if they've done stuff like that before. I have no oh, idea. Poor girl. So everyone brushes it off, I guess. And the girls walked around the park for a bit more and devised their third and final plan. They would kill Peyton in the woods where the trees and brush would give them cover from other park goers. Morgan and Anissa tricked Peyton into thinking they wanted to go bird watching and convinced her to walk deeper into the woods. Once they were far enough in the woods, they suggested playing a game of hide and seek. Peyton decided to be the seeker first while Anissa and Morgan hid. According to Anissa, the girls would hide in separate areas and then they would, quote, be like lionesses chasing down a zebra. I was going to tackle her and then Morgan was going to do the stabbing. End quote. How fun. Role play. Oh my god! Mm -hmm. I am so disgusted. Great. Anissa told Peyton to lie on the ground and cover herself with leaves and twigs. And Peyton just went along. She's like, okay, fine, whatever. The girls walked a few feet away from Peyton, and Anissa told Morgan now. Detective Casey asked Morgan what happened next, and she responded, stab, 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 repeatedly, and mimed, like, the action with her hand. Can we get her help? Oh, my God. What? Mm Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. And if you happen, like, to have seen this or if you happen to watch this 2020 episode or the interrogation footage, you'll notice that Morgan's account of events isn't as clear or direct as Anissa's. Many times she used the phrase, I think this happened, or she'd deflect and say, well, how am I supposed to remember? At one point during her questioning, she said, quote, I'm sort of foggy because I've been trying to block it out, end quote. So the entire time she's not taking any blame. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Also, why would someone else take a knife from your house? Right. That's been eating away at me also. Like, I have never been so close to someone. I'm like, hey, don't worry about the stabbing. I got the knife from your kitchen block. No. Mm -hmm. That would not happen. Yeah. Or like, why didn't, like, I feel like it'd be like the person who lives there would hand you the knife and be like, this is yours. This is mine. Or like. I can see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My brain. Okay. Okay. Morgan also told Detective Casey she wasn't sure who stabbed Peyton first. Again, she gave an indirect response, saying it obviously had to be her or Anissa that stabbed her. Yeah. You're not (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Points for Gryffindor, I guess. Mm. Investigators Mm. quickly picked up on um, Morgan being the ringleader and the driving force behind this murder plot. While Morgan didn't appear remorseful during her interrogation and put a lot of the blame on Anissa, Anissa felt somewhat responsible and told Detective Trisoni that none of this would have happened if she hadn't shown Morgan that Slenderman story. Peyton was completely oblivious to what her friends were planning. She didn't question Morgan's idea to go for a walk in the park. She remembered lying on the ground during their game of hide-and-seek and hearing Anissa say, go ballistic. Morgan jumped on top of Peyton and told her, quote, don't be afraid, I'm only a little kitty cat, end quote, and then grabbed the kitchen knife hidden in her waistband and proceeded to stab her. Uh, Isn't that just uh, creepy? Oh, oh no. Oh, God. I have goosebumps, like, for real. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not well. Peyton told 2020 that her body was in so much shock that she didn't feel a thing. When Morgan got off of Peyton, both her and Anissa just stared at her for a while with just a blank expression. They told her to lay down in the woods and rest while they ran for help. Peyton said she sort of remembered seeing the girls leave the woods, and once they were gone, she used tree branches to support herself as she crawled and dragged herself to a clear patch of grass near a road, which this was mentioned as an amazing feat for the amount of injuries she had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Peyton was not surprised Mm -hmm. after hearing the reasoning behind their attack. Morgan first started talking about Slenderman at the start of sixth grade, and Peyton noticed she had this weird obsession with the character. Even though most people, even investigators, believe Morgan was the ringleader, Peyton believes Morgan and Anissa are, I would think, obviously both to blame. She -hmm. thinks they were feeding off of Mm -hmm. each other and carried out this plan more as a team. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Both Morgan and Anissa were arrested and charged with first-degree attempted homicide. In Wisconsin, if a perpetrator over the age of 10 commits um, like certain offenses, then they can be tried as an adult. And if these Ooh. girls were tried as adults, they could face decades in prison. It's hard to feel bad yeah. for little sociopath <laughs> Sally. Like, yeah, don't. I feel do the nothing. Crime if you can't do the time. <laughs> I'm blocking out the incident, so I feel no remorse. It gets me nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. what is wrong with this? Okay, cool. How do they try him? We- as adults? We will get to that. <laughs> but first. Oh, I thought you were like a bigger reel. Like, oh, what is it? Oh, close. But first, investigators wanted to know if there were any, well, actually, a lot closer than they thought. They wanted to know if there were any early warning signs that could have been detected and possibly could have stopped this from even happening. Mm-hmm. So they began digging into Morgan's and Anissa's pasts. Hoarding Middle School worked alongside police and contacted them to see if they wanted to look in the girls' lockers. Anissa had just one picture of Slenderman in her Ooh. locker, while Morgan had several drawings and writings of the character. The school also sent detectives a list of books that the girls had checked out from the school library. According to the library's records, Morgan checked out books about crime scene investigations, the prison system, and mental health uh, conditions months before the attack took place. So detectives wondered if Morgan used these books to study how she should act if she were to get caught. I don't know which one is more terrifying. Um, Like if she's actually this way or if she has investigated how to become this way if ever interrogate like yeah which one is more sinister i don't know what are you doing to me aaron (laughs) i'm sorry detective casey told 2020 that morgan was clearly knowledgeable and understood tactics he was trying to use during the interrogate interrogation for example he wanted her to repeat her account of events and she flat out asked if he was making her tell the story again to see if she added new details or changed any parts of it wow mm-hmm again all on those interrogation Damn. videos you can she watch it balls on her mm. yeah yeah she's definitely smart <laughs> knows what she's talking about Investigators searched Morgan's bedroom and discovered strange drawings and notes in her drawers and closet. They even found dolls in her room that had their arms, hands, and legs cut off. This was a huge red flag for the defense that something more was going on here, and maybe Morgan wasn't of sound mind and needed professional help. Angie was aware of Morgan's interest in Slenderman. Her daughter had shown her and her husband pictures she had drawn of the character, but she had no idea that Morgan thought he was real. Thousands of internet searches relating to how to get away with murder were discovered on the Geyser's computer. 
and Nissa's iPad was also looked at, and detectives found a Hotmail address that she had made, which her parents were not aware of. She used this email to remind Morgan to clear her browser history, which, to prosecutors, made them think the girls were able to distinguish between right versus wrong. However, investigators Mm -hmm. discovered that Morgan's family um, had a history of schizophrenia. Morgan's father was interviewed on the HBO documentary Beware the Slender Man, where he talked about his, his experience with schizophrenia. Quote, you can, like, see it and you know it's not real, but it totally doesn't matter because you're still terrified it and of it, end quote. And he gave an example of seeing, like, the devil in the backseat of your car. And he said, quote, I know the devil isn't in the backseat, but the devil is in the backseat, end quote. I just thought that was so chilling. Yes. Hallucinations are terrifying. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine. Angie told 2020 that when Morgan was a child, she showed her the movie Bambi. She assumed that Morgan would react badly to the scene where, spoiler alert, Bambi's mom dies. But she did not appear concerned about the mom's death (laughs) and just said, run, Bambi, run. Dr. Kenneth Robbins was a psychologist hired to evaluate Morgan. He believed her behavior was impacted by her psychotic symptoms. She told him that she heard voices that were ordering her to kill someone. And Morgan was later diagnosed with early onset schizophrenia. Dr. Robbins noted that not only is it uncommon, it is also difficult to identify psychosis at a young age. So it's typically diagnosed later in life, in your mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. He told 2020 that signs of psychosis can be easily missed, and it wouldn't have been obvious to anyone unless Morgan like, specifically told someone the symptoms she was experiencing. And I think she kept that to herself. While an investigation was underway, both girls were sent to the Washington County Juvenile Detention Facility for several months, which didn't appear to be the best placement for them. They had no access to the outdoors, there were no windows in their cells, and no physical contact between visitors and the juveniles were allowed. The facility also didn't have any mental health personnel on staff, so no one was able to evaluate Morgan or Anissa there or any of the other juveniles there. No mental health services were being provided, and neither of them received the proper treatment or medication that they needed while they were there. So. Hmm. Great. Yeah, which that kind of blew my mind, but. Well, yeah, you would think with them being so young, they'd be more interested to see, like, if they could rehabilitate them. Like, do you have a mental issues or something we can fix? Like, not that older people don't deserve that. They just, they don't get it as often. Like, when you're younger, they try to, like, work with you before things are, like, permanently on your record. So that's crazy. Yeah. Well, that is such a loaded topic, too. Like, does it work? Does it not? But you would think that. They would give it the the younger you are. College try. (laughs) Yeah, but the younger you are, the more it mm-hmm. should Susceptible. maybe work. So. Yeah. Yeah. In August of 2015, Morgan's aunt and Mrs. defense lawyers tried to move their cases from adult court into the juvenile system. Judge Michael O. Boren ruled against this and said that they would be tried as adults. Both girls pled not oh. guilty due oh. to... Mm-hmm. Both girls pled not guilty due to mental defect or disease. In 2017, nearly three years after Peyton was stabbed in the woods, the state of Wisconsin versus Anissa Wire trial was held. Anissa had entered a plea deal, and the trial was basically to determine if she would be sent to jail and held criminally responsible for planning Peyton's murder, or if she was suffering from a mental disease or defect and would carry out her sentence in a mental facility. 
and this is defense called three mental health experts to the stand. One of them, Dr. Melissa Westendor, a forensic psychologist, was hired to evaluate Anissa, and she diagnosed her with any guesses, guys? Schizophrenia. Not schizophrenia. Shared psychotic disorder, or what we also know oh. as folia do. Hey, hey, that sounds Ooh. familiar. Yeah. All three mental health experts agreed that Anissa suffered from this psychotic disorder, where two or more people shared the same delusion. The defense argued that Anissa truly believed she had to kill someone to protect her family from Slenderman. The prosecution, however, argued that Anissa wanted to do this and had strategically planned out Peyton's murder. During her interrogation, Anissa told Detective Trisoni that she didn't realize Slenderman had allegedly threatened to kill her family until after Peyton was stabbed. And if that statement was true and not taken out of context, then that couldn't have been her motivation to kill Peyton. So that was basically the argument going on. Okay. The jury deliberated for 11 hours. Before her ruling was announced, Anissa told the judge that nothing she said could fix what she broke, but she was sorry and that she would never do something like that again. She then sat shaking as the jury declared her not guilty due to reason of mental defect and was committed to serve her sentence in a mental health institution. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. The judge, however, got to decide how long she would be required to stay there, and he ruled that Anissa would be committed for 25 years, which was the amount of time the prosecution was hoping for. Wow. It's a very long time. Yes, it is. Anissa's mom told 2020 that she... Like, she's just worried about how Anissa will act after she's released from the mental institution. She's unsure if she will be able to interact with people her age again when she is released. Morgan's lawyers also cut a deal with prosecutors, and she was sentenced to 40 years in a mental health facility. That's mm -hmm. a bit of time. Wow. Yeah. Angie visits her daughter at least once a week, and she says Morgan... Um, and she recalled, excuse me, the first time she visited Morgan. Her daughter had a flat expression and point blank asked her why she was there. Just overall, she is heartbroken, has felt heartbroken. And on some level, she will always feel responsible for not realizing what like, her daughter was going through and failing to keep her safe. She said um, she would take back what happened to Peyton if she could. Stacy has heard the Geyser's apologies, but at this point, the Leitner family is still healing and trying to rebuild their lives. She is not yet ready to accept their apologies. Stacy mentioned she was angry at the Geysers for a while, but she realized they were also going through their own quote-unquote personal hell. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Morgan and Anissa are now 17 to 18-year-olds and are being held at the Winnebago, Winnebago Mental Health Institute. Angie mentioned how difficult it has been to see her friends post pictures of their kids on social media, especially seeing those kids to get to experience all of the teenage firsts that Morgan will not be able to do by getting her driver's license or going to homecoming. She told 2020 that there are too many horrible memories in Waukesha and her family plans on moving in the future. She doesn't think her daughter will be a danger to the public if she is released since she is now receiving treatment at that facility. Mm -hmm. So that's good to hear. Mm -hmm. Peyton spent months recovering from not just her wounds, but the emotional turmoil she suffered from. Peyton told 2020 that she honestly really shouldn't be alive after what she went through. Again, it was that close right. to being a completely different story. She slept in her mom's bedroom for a while because she didn't want to be alone, and she now sleeps with a broken pair of scissors under her pillow in order to feel safe. Oh, Peyton. 
Yeah, it's really sad. Peyton returned to school in September 2014, and Dan Klein, the officer that received the call and was the first one on scene to help Peyton, started his new position as the middle school's resource officer. And I literally, I watched this. I was, yes, I was tearing up watching this part because they showed like this picture that they had taken together at the school and he is just like gushing and describing how lucky he felt and how happy he is that he could still like look after her. Oh, that is so nice. <laughs> I know. Literally <laughs> tears were in my eyes and I'm like, oh my God. So oh sweet. God, he's great. Yeah. Today, Peyton has graduated high school with a 4.0 GPA. You go girl. Dang she plans on going to college to study medicine. She told 2020 she is not afraid of Morgan or Anissa being released, and she doesn't think their future release will affect her life at all. She knows that if they try anything again, they will just go right back to where they were. Mm-hmm. She doesn't blame Morgan's mother, and she understands that Angie is also having a tough time with everything that happened. Morgan did write a letter to Peyton, which was read out loud to her during her interview. The letter said... Dear Bella, I wish I had words to make everything better, but I don't, so all I can say is how sorry I am, and I can promise you not a day will go by that I don't regret what I did. Stay strong, Morgan. Peyton said Mm. the letter was a nice gesture, but at the end of the day, they are just words on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, queen. Mm. Mm -hmm. Definitely agree. Yes. When asked what she would say to Morgan if she were to ever watch this interview, Peyton said that she would want Morgan to know that she is happy living a great life. She has great friends that she trusts very much. She also wanted to thank Morgan because she really likes the life she has right now. If she hadn't gone through and survived that situation, she wouldn't be who she is today. Talk about the upper road. Hell yeah. yeah. You go, girlfriend. Yeah. What like a fantastic just outlook. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, girl. You go. You go, girl. (laughs) According to Wisconsin law, every six months, you can petition the courts for release from a mental hospital. Morgan's attorney is confident that she can be reintegrated into the community in the very near future. Anissa Wire wasn't able to petition for release until this July, Mm -hmm. which obviously has passed. And I didn't find any information regarding if she has appealed her case or tried to petition her release No idea. I could find nothing. So I guess it hasn't happened. According to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Morgan's lawyer filed an appeal to dismiss her conviction. The appeal argued that Morgan should not have been tried as an adult. And at the age of 12, she couldn't understand the rights she gave up when she agreed to speak with Detective Casey alone. In August of this year, very recently, Wisconsin's Second District Court of Appeals agreed with Judge Boren's ruling that Morgan should be tried as an adult. Morgan's lawyer said, though, that they are taking their appeal to the Supreme Court. As of September 2020, Morgan's lawyer has filed a petition of review with the Supreme Court, but besides that, I have no other information. So once a decision is made, I can make a little update on that, if it goes anywhere. Yeah. 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 And that is the story of the Slender Man stabbing. Thank you. Damn. That was actually not, that was pretty good at the end. That, that made it nice to come around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was very interesting. Yeah. Ugh. Crazy. There was Bizarre. like very good highlight with the cop. So I'm, I'm doing okay oh. now. I literally was like crying as I'm typing my notes. Oh. I'm like, oh my God. 
Wow. <laughs> that is yeah. so sweet, no, though. I think she definitely deserves to be tried as an adult. I don't think he deserves to have, like, you already agreed to, like, you said you did it, okay? You agree. You didn't have to go to prison. You get to become healthier mm-hmm. and, you know, work on yourself. No, baby girl, like, you you stay there till, like, if, if you want to do the early release, that's on you to, like, try to, like, apply for that. But getting yeah. mm-hmm. the conviction, no. No, 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 no. You fucking tried to kill her. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, no. Well, even during uh, Peyton's, like, 2020 interview, too, so the interviewer asked her what, like, do you think they should have been tried as adults? And she said yes. And her example was, like, I mean, they committed a crime. This wasn't like they stole something from a store. Like, they tried to kill me. Like, yeah. Also, it was so premeditated. I think I would have had a little more empathy if it was like they sincerely got mad over a boy that was Slender Man and then she just couldn't help herself and started stabbing. Like, yeah. When you it doesn't add make it in, better, but yes. Like, the, yeah, when you go ahead, like the research and everything that yes. apparently Morgan was doing and the emails and these messages and yeah. And the ooh. attempts, more than one attempt in a day. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Like, what? <laughs> No, girl, you tried to kill her. Sorry <laughs> about you. Jesus. No. All right. Well, Supreme Court, yeah. do your job, please. Wow. Yeah. I will Wild. be the bad guy, and I don't know if 40 years is too long, because then it's like, can she really be reintegrated into society? Like, you've spent- She'll be 50. So that's- That's what I'm saying. Like, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know all the details, but that's all- Yeah. But if you appeal, hold on. Because that's different. So if you appeal the case, that's like taken off of your record, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know either. Okay. Because I would Morgan. say that should I mean, stick You're with appealing her. your conviction. You're appealing your conviction, meaning you're, yeah. you're trying to appeal that, that you didn't, like, what the justice system failed you when it hasn't. I'm sorry, but it hasn't. If you're in Wisconsin allowed to appeal your sentence and try mm-hmm. to have early release... That, yes. like I said, that's on you. Like, that sounds like you and your lawyer should probably try to do that if you want to get out of prison or your yeah. mental health facility. Mm-hmm. But trying to get that conviction off your record? <laughs> girl, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, sorry, I mean, girl, she's... Morgan, you tripping. <laughs> <laughs> if she's getting the treatment <sighs> and she's doing a lot better, then yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. try to get early release, but ooh. I'd be interested to see what the Supreme Court comes back with on that. Yeah, or like how she is now even. Like we don't really have anything about like her actions now, like in the hospital or how she treats her mom when she visits. Yeah, I'm not sure what all goes into an early release anyway. So Yeah, like we don't even know if this treatment's been helping or if she still would be a danger. Mm-hmm. So good luck. I hope you get your mental health together. Yeah. I think everyone yeah. should take that responsibility. Good luck. Yep. Yeah. So that's my story. Guys, do you have anything else before I guess I close us out of here? Close us down, Aaron. Close it down. Shutting it down. (laughs) Closing time plays in the background. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hope this was enough sinister um, sunrise to get you through your day. Um, Thanks for listening to us. We do have an Instagram where we make posts at. So check us out at Sinister Sunrise Podcast there. If you have any um, stories or topics you would like us to look into, any dreams, any weird things that have happened to you, uh, spooky, 
you know, paranormal, true crime, anything, go ahead and send those to us at Sinister Sunrise Podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, a YouTube page, mm-hmm. and a TikTok page. Just look Woo! up Sinister Sunrise. Hopefully you find us and you'll see <laughs> our picture. <laughs> I didn't say that last time. So yeah, we have all these cool things. Come follow us, check us out, rate us everywhere. Um, If you haven't already, definitely go to um, Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review because that really helps other people discover us. And yeah, we just want to hear what you like about the show too. So leave us that five-star rating and review. We would really appreciate it. And besides that, thanks for listening. We'll have a new episode out next week, guys. Thank you. Bye.